but I did high diving and on my third session I spanked in from the seven and a half meter board um, bruised my kidneys I was pissing blood for two days and I came back and bless her she just went please choose another discipline Hello ladies and gentlemen boys and girls you are live well you're not really live we've Hope this I don't know how many weeks ago now, but I'm down in sunny Calshot where it's an unbelievable weather for England. Unbelievable, and it's a good job this is a podcast and not smell a vision because we've just finished kicking tie pads, and uh, it's rather it's quite a fragrant room anyway. Because I'm in the in the room I'm sharing with Josh Siddiqui and Alpies and giving them a shout out there, uh, who are, they're nice guys, but they're quite smelly after about three days of training anyway. And I've got today, believe it or not, somebody that I've been after for ages is a, is a dear friend. And I asked you, I'm trying to work out, first time I asked three for the podcast. Ago. Three years oh, no, ago. Two years ago, two years two, ago. Two years ago for the podcast. And at the time, well, we'll get into that why he couldn't do it at the time. But... Finally, I got him, and it is Mr. Mark Rodriguez Burnett. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. Well, we're going to start right at the beginning. We met through martial arts. On this camp three years ago. On this camp. Yep. Yeah. Um, What got you into it in the first place? Not not the camp, but martial arts in general. So, funny story, films. Uh, Specifically, if everyone asked me why I um, started Carly, it was the Jason Bourne films. Uh, I wanted to fight like Jason Bourne. Who um, doesn't, man? Who uh, you know, doesn't? Honesty first. Yeah. And what had you done anything beforehand? Um, so I travelled out to, Muay, to Thailand to train Muay Thai, uh, but that was only for a month. And to be honest, looking back on it, it was one of those visits to holiday camps. Even though at the time I thought I was hard. As, can you I swear? Right? On, I, can I, I can't swear on this. Can I? Of course, you can. Okay, yeah. fantastic. I thought I was hard as fuck at the time. I really wasn't. Um, <laughs> and that was uh, that was just a month before I went to uh, Sandhurst. Um, and then after that, I did boxing. Uh, I did bits here and there, but my attitude then wasn't what it was now. So I wasn't keen to, you know, I wasn't seeking people out like I should have been. Um, and then I looked at Martial Arts Illustrated and read an article by a gentleman called Michael Wright. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, I'm um, an instructor with Mike. Say again? You know, I'm an instructor with Michael Wright. Uh, so, yeah, so am I. Yeah, so yeah. That, was, that, was, that was kind of my first path. And I found uh, AMC Leeds run by Stephen Galton. Yes. Um, and then. I kind of haven't looked back since. It's been one of the yeah, best decisions yeah, I've made. Well, that was we we first met through Steve Galton when you yeah, it was when it you were down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike Mike's unbelievable. Like, Incredible. You know, he's he's dropped off the scene, mm. but that's through his work now. You know, so we can't really do it. But he was like Britain's Paul Vunak. Yeah, like, the way the yeah. way he trained. And what what did you think first time you trained with him? I was terrified. <laughs> I'm joking. So um, no, he was great. He was uh, he he remains one of the big influences in my life. Uh, he and Stephen Galton, if. If anyone asks me where my loyalties lie, they're always to that family. Um, uh, he's great. He's just really sharp. Um, he's quite a skinny guy, so he doesn't really yes. look the place, but he's got kind of a mean face. He's so very intense individual. He's very intense. I love the guy, but he's a very intense very man. Very intense. Um, and um, did you ever listen clean to? It's probably yeah. what I say. It's a technique. Very wise, concise. Clean. Yeah. Very. Uh, have you ever listened to any of his music? Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic. unbelievable musician and self-taught. Yeah, um, actually, his album was it was on iTunes, wasn't it? It was called, I think, the Sound of the Sound to Black. Yeah, the soundtrack to Black. That yeah. was it. Um, very, very nihilistic. It's like it's it's not the sort of movie. It's not the sort of soundtrack yeah, it's, it's to music uh, to cut yourself to. But yeah. 
um, music to cut yourself to. Sorry, I am, no, no, no. I, <laughs> that is staying in, and if it isn't staying in, I, <laughs> I'm never doing another one of these podcasts. But yeah, very, very concise. And what I liked about Mike was uh, the big emphasis on first of all, it was boxing with Spencer Oliver, mm -hmm. so he was super sharp with yep. that. And then his Carly was obviously the you know Santa lineage, Terry Barnett, Guru Dan in Santa, and then Paul Vunak, and. That was for me. I loved. I loved the SRS stuff that he mm. did. I thought it was unbelievably good. But uh, obviously, it's a fine. That's a very limited market. Yeah. Because not everybody wants that. So, did you find that you had to start looking out for other different? So this is the thing. At the time, um, at the time, I was the complete opposite of what I want to do now. At the time, I was just interested in, and you'll notice this is a beginner's attitude. What works. You know yeah. what? What will finish the fight in in five seconds? That's all I was interested in, um, because I, uh, you know, I, I wanted to. If I was going to have to use it, um, I, I wanted something that I could rely on. And Mike was great for that. But what I didn't realise at the time was that I needed to do all the stuff surrounding it. And then as I studied under Steve, I saw the other arts and I started to fall in love with them and I started to expand. Um, and now I'm completely the other end of the spectrum, where the really good, useful stuff which would end a fight is useless for me because it looks terrible on film. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so I'm after the, the flowery stuff. I'm I'm looking at all kinds of kicking arts, like, you know, uh, the karate-based, uh, taekwondo-based, just try and take elements from them. Well, that was, I was, um, I've, I've been following you with interest, obviously, on YouTube. And, I, you know, the way you're moving now, you know, capoeira. Yes, that's a big one. That's that, a massive influence. I, 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 I was looking at you, I was going, God. But when Mark started well, moving you know so well. Well, most of that stuff, and do you know why I started most of that stuff? I took a look at it and went, that looks fucking cool. And actually, that's that's pretty much the decision-making process behind my new career. It was like, what do I want to do? Well, that's really cool. I want to do that. So parkour, capoeira, all that kind of movement-based stuff, I yeah. did it because it looks nice. You know, I want, yeah. I, want, I want to do that kind of stuff. I want to see that kind of but stuff. But if you don't mind, I'm just going to dial it back a little bit. Mm -hmm. When you were in the army, what... what Still what? am. Are you, oh, still are. How long have you got left? So um, I'm on a different contract now. Um, right. I was a regular soldier. I'm now what's known as a full-time reserve. It just means that um, I I chose the job that I'm in as opposed to being directed to a job because that's how the army works. They send you pe where places they need, uh, right. and I needed to to go to a job that allowed me to do the other stuff that I want to do, which is train for the summer institute. So I'm in Hertfordshire at the moment, right. uh, which is just a good location, family-wise near film studios, training-wise. Uh, I'm technically full-time, but um, I managed to do my... I, so I do my training around my job. So I I fit between three and five hours of physical training a day in and around Wow. The job. Yeah, which is why I look like skeletal. Yeah, no, no, truly looking skeletal. Yeah, you've got the you've got those uh, boy band looks, you got to remember. The, you look, you, the, the short, chubby Spanish boy bands. Oh, yeah. yeah, the chubby thing. Trust me, you want to see chubby, <laughs> look at me. I swear to God, I'm telling you, I look like Shrek these days. It's killing me. But um, yeah, what what regiment were you in? Or Royal Tank Regiment. In? Huh? Royal Tank Regiment. Well, yeah, uh, right, and cause, because the room that I'm sharing, I'm sharing with with Josh Siddiqui. Yeah, he's who, he's medical. Yeah, yeah, medical. But he's still he's still in Sandhurst, but he's now just it, like he's civilian now. So he's in. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I I went there and um, just literally as you were talking about it, myself, Rick Fay, mm. 
uh, you know Steve Martin, don't you? You met yeah. Steve? So, yeah, so myself, Rick, Steve Martin were down in Sandhurst and we were actually in the gymnasium once. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know where it's got all of the names of the fallen round yeah. it? And you go in there and... The, it's a it, pretty impressive place. Isn't it's it? unbelievably impressive. And you, it, you just walk in and it just smells of varnish yep. and hard work. <laughs> that's it, that literally, that's and it. Tears. Tears. Yeah, and tears. Yeah. Do you, is that where you work out there or have you worked out there? So that's where I was for my officer training. Yeah. Right, how long were you there for? So officer training at Sandhurst is 44 weeks. Right, um, so did you always want to be a soldier before you wanted to get into films? Funnily enough, yeah, actually. Uh, so films lied to me and told me that I'd be a hero if I was a soldier. Uh, so <laughs> when the army uh, when the army careers advisor came round, um, yeah, at, at the age of 16, he said, this is an option for you. And there was nothing else in my life at that point. You know, it kind of defined me. I was either the bloke who was going to be a soldier or I was the bloke who was a soldier, and I've been that for a few years. But because I'm an officer, um, I've ended up behind a desk. And there are some people that are great, and we need, uh, you know, we need good, old, good thinkers to do that kind of job. But I'm, hey, I'm not, not I'm, I'm not great at it, if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, and um, that's not me. And so I was kind of, I was almost like a sinking ship, or sorry, a shift adrift, adrift. And um, massive geek, wanted to be on a film, got a job as an extra, ended up on Rogue One. <laughs> And then I found out about the stunt register. And suddenly I had something that defined me again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I had something that I was passionate about. I had something that I knew I was going to be me. And before that point, you know, you think about it and you, you think, well, that's Hollywood. It's impossible. I don't have the connections. I don't have the skill. All it is is hard work. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And as soon as I knew that, it's like, this is going to be horrific graft. Brilliant. And is it still is it still the five disciplines? That six. Six so, you have to excel in, right? Yeah, so um, the rules are changing in October, so I'm desperate I'm desperate to make that changeover because it'll be exponentially harder after then. Um, but uh, so the disciplines I'm doing at the moment is you have to have a martial art. Annoyingly, none of the martial arts I do count. So I took up judo, which is actually, you know, that's in itself is a blessing in disguise because yeah. judo is fantastic. Uh, so judo, uh, rock climbing, horse riding, scuba diving, rally driving, and trampolining. Um, which is a, like a who's who list of what's fucking cool. Do you know, yeah, you know yeah, from, definitely. In terms of fun stuff to do, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love what I'm doing. Have, even though I'm tired all the time, I love what I'm doing. I think that will change after October. And there's a good reason for it. For instance, rally driving used to be you just had to compete in national rallies. And that teaches you to drive great, but it doesn't necessarily need to teach you the specifics for on set. Yeah. So they've changed that now. And now you have to do precision driving days to you know make sure that you can control a car the way you would on set. So it's more specific to task. So more, more like more like stig now than just... Yeah, some, yeah. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. And, and those changes are for the right reasons. Yeah, um, definitely. So they will make sure that probationary stunt performers, when they arrive on the British Stunt Register... Uh, can do at least the basics of what they're required to do on set. And a lot, obviously, you turn up, you're on the bottom rung. You will learn as you do it. Yeah. But uh, at least it sets a better base level. But it's funny It's funny you're talking about because, you know, Gene LaBelle, awesome, awesome martial artist, like a legend, but he's a legend in the stunt world as well. And, yeah, his training was he was good at taking falls. And I, I yeah. love that. It was yeah. a... It was the whole Buster Keaton scenario. What yeah. are you good at? And Buster, Ke Buster Keaton was like... Phenomenal. Yeah. What, 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 what was he good at? He was good at nearly dying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was surviving. good at falling and bouncing. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's where the, the nickname came from. Yeah, it was like, what do you have to do? You can't bust this guy. It was like, <laughs> no, it was like, next thing you know, he's Buster. But it, it's it's changed a lot, right? And, I think so, yeah. And yeah. What, you know, uh, we're going to skip it a little bit forward because for just for the simple reason that right now in the stunt world and you do martial arts, and you have uh, 
one or two in those Santo t-shirts in the in the top drawer. 87-11, man, you know what I mean? Those guys are leading the world now, right? You know, Dave Leach, Damon Caro. Funnily enough, uh, I saw John Wick a couple of months before I ended up on Rogue One. And that was what almost reignited my passion for film because I saw that choreography and I loved everything about it. Yeah. Um, I could, actually, I could go down the tangent, obviously. Uh, I love their stuff. I absolutely love their yeah. stuff. It, if anything, it kind of inspired a lot of the stuff that I then uh, went on to try and practice and, and try and get good at. Um, they've, and I might be speaking a bit out of turn here because obviously I'm quite inexperienced, but what I think they found is that perfect midpoint between functionality and what looks good. Yeah. So uh, I know this from a military perspective because we turned up for Kingsman 2 uh, and we'd been hired for because we were ex-military or serving military. And so we turned up on the job and they said, okay, we want you to attack this um, chalet. There's like a chalet scene. So we attacked down the hillside and we used something called fire and maneuver, which is basically you hide behind cover yeah. and cover your mate while he moves. And the, guard, the stunt coordinator said, guys, oh, that's fantastic, but we can't see you. And we went, yeah, that's because we don't want to get fucking shot. Like, that's brilliant, but that's not going to work for film. Yeah. So for sure enough, we ended up in a horseshoe, one metre from each other, firing machine gun from the hip. And that's the difference between film and reality. And what 8711 have done with both martial arts and with the CQB, they taught Keanu Reeves, and he actually talks about it in one of the, um, uh, one of the making of documentaries, is they found this fantastic midpoint where it looks like it could be tactical, but yeah. it's also tweaked to look amazing for film. But you know, this is the I I love military strategy. I'm a real sad bastard about this. And when I teach, you like even when I'm teaching Thai boxing, I it's it's literally, I I, I you know I quote Napoleon, I quote <laughs> Rommel, and I'm like, yeah, what what direct engagement? Okay, if you've got superior firepower, but you haven't got superior superior exactly. firepower. So guess what? The principles breed across. They, they breed across everything. Uh, yeah. You know, even I, and you know what? The more the more I've spent looking at personal interaction with people. I've looked at it and now the way I just interact with people, I use the same principles. And it's not like ghost dog Forrest Whitaker, you know, thinking that I'm Musashi, you know. <laughs> it's literally, I look at it, I go... That's a great reference. I appreciate the fact you made that reference. You like way, it? Yeah, uh, absolutely love ghost you, dog. You know I'm a geek. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm the man, I'm telling you. You go, you go... The minute the you know, art of war is still required reading, I don't care what anyone says. If you don't know about Masashi, you don't know about Sun Tzu. The you know, what you got to do is you've got to put down the Joe Rogan podcast, pick mine up. No, but you, <laughs> you, you know, there's all of that mansplaining stuff. I've just brilliant idea. This this year's must have Christmas present. Mick Tully reads the art of war. I'm on it. I'd buy that. that I'm, I'm I'd there. buy that. Well, do, do you want me to do it in my? Uh, I, Just give us, give us a sample. Give us a sample now. But no, I don't, no, I can only give you the voice right now. Yeah, that's what I mean. So just, I'm, I'm going to give you the voice. Give us one line. Who has seen? Who has seen Karate Kid Two? I haven't. Yeah. So what? no. Yeah. Oh, it's very good. So where well, Mr. Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi take. Mr. Miyagi takes Daniel LaRusso after after he cheated at the All Valley, right, with that kick that didn't even land, and being such a douchebag, stealing the guy's girlfriend. But if you check the new YouTube Red series, you know, you'll find out what I knew the first moment I saw that. LaRusso was the guy who came over watching too many Scorsese movies over on the East Coast, goes over to the West Coast, goes to California, starts playing bada-bing, bada-bong, bada-bing. And the boys were like, see you later, mate. That does, shit doesn't fly in the valley. We're going to kick your ass. But anyway... Karate Kid 2, they go over and they go to Miyagi's hometown. They go to Okinawa. Yeah. And it's Miyagi, which is very good. But the other one is Sato. I, I, anything you want me to say in Japanese, I'll do, I'll do it now. 
but not obviously it'll just be like a, an English Japanese accent so but then, but then if I wanted Sato to do that I'd get him I just want you to do it Sato remember use the force Luke now that's all I'm going to do I can't do anything more I'm, 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 you've got me on the spot here now I'm going to have to do so. we're going to have to but you blended that. across geeky geekiness oh, there quite well yeah well I actually used this at work recently a kid was saying to me he goes I'm going to try and I said try there is no try. There is do or there is do not. And he went, who's that? And I went, yeah, oh, it's this philosopher. And he was like, oh, wow, he sounds amazing. And I was like, yeah, it's Yoda. And I said, oh, <laughs> by the way, on Friday, I'm going to try and pay you. He didn't really understand the concept of try could be a bit of a bummer. Uh, what we're going to do, because we've gone on to film, so we might as well just do it. Favourite film apart from the Bourne movies? Uh, Inception. Now you are... I love that. Believe it or not, I only... I only quoted that last night. Come with me, An let's be young film. men again. I love, I love that line. Amazing film. It, uh, well, everything about that movie works on so many different yeah. levels. I think um, definitely and it, it bears up to repeated watching. Oh, which as a, a high concept movie is difficult. Uh, well, now you've got me on something that I'm, I, the minute you just use that 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 line, this is where I can work out if people really love film. Or if they're just snobbish about film. Now you're under the microscope here. Let's do this. You use the term high concept. Yeah. Famous for the two guys who were the kings of high concept. Brookheimer and Don Simpson, right? Don Simpson, by the way, is still one of my favourite human beings ever. Yeah, so we're talking Con Air, Top Gun. Every movie that you would watch where, as a male... You literally can feel your testicles grow by thirty percent. Right? Absolutely, that's yeah, yeah. how it works. Your chest hair comes out as well. Exactly that. Yeah. So, w- as a film buff, a avowed film buff, why do you think the high concept stuff is? There's still a place for it. Yep. Yeah. Why do you think it works? That's a really good question. I'm having to think. I think probably because. It appeals to something that's in everyone. Yeah. Now, it's, so it's important to have broad appeal, um, but also be its own standalone film. So, for instance, in the case of Inception, um, everyone dreams. Uh, everyone has fears. Uh, and that thing they do with falling, you know, yes. that's, one of the only, that's one of the only innate fears in the human. That humans have two innate fears. Oh. They have drowning and falling. So everyone can appeal to... That can appeal to everyone. Yeah. Then it's tied together with... Um, Traditional Hollywood themes of love and loss. Uh, it's got some phenomenal acting. I loved Leonardo DiCaprio. Hated him in Titanic because I was 12 years old at yeah. the time. But love him now. Um, it's tied together with incredible visuals, a fantastic score. And they didn't just give a nod to the action. Do you know what I mean? The action itself could have been phenomenal in any film. So they covered all bases. I think that's why Nolan's great. Nolan is a fantastic storyteller. Yes. Um, and to me, that's it. So to me, it's... High concept still works as long as you love storytelling and are telling the story a way that will capture people. Well, you, you, the, you know, you've hit on something which I've always thought about, especially with high concept, is when you talk about it, everyone's going, oh, it's so unrealistic. And you're like, but it's escapism. It, yes. I, I, that's what I'm paying the money for. Yeah. I'm not here for the Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. I'm here for this movie. You know, just when you were talking about Inception, that Alpine scene. Amazing. Unbelievable, yeah. and you look at it and you go, "That could be in any Bond movie," mm-hmm. and it and it's literally you are constantly. I know this sounds like we're just talking about Inception all the way through now, but when you're there and you're like, "This is working on a level," 
no it is shit this is working on how many levels yeah. and it was and I, it has to tie it literally has to tie into different levels in the film yeah because uh, it has to be and and the stages the stages were making really freaking me out yeah. because at the time i've been reading a load about brain chemistry and brain biology yeah. and i'm like right okay he's just gone and he's gone right the way down and you know it now he's meeting a very very old man and it's like uh, that was the scene that got me where it was like, if there's one thing that we all would love is you're there and you're an old man. And it's like, come with me. We yeah. can be young men again. And you could just, and it's that moment where it's like, fuck. Not just redemption, resurrection, yeah. rebirth. But we all Is this what you're feeling at your age, Mick? Well, no, 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 <laughs> no, I'll tell you what Sorry, it is. No at, no, at 50, it's amazing because it's, I'm at this point now where it's like, I understand it like for me it's been a magic because I've for the first time in my life I've accepted my limitations. I didn't even know I had limitations. That's how that's how much of an ego egomaniac bastard I was. I was like, no, I could do anything. And I'm like, oh no, the clock's ticking. And then I looked around and I was like speaking to a few friends of mine, you know, who don't do martial arts by the way. But I was speaking to them and they were like, Yeah, that's how I felt at thirty. And I'm like, fuck, you've been you've been labouring under this for 20 years. I said, I'm just getting to the point where I'm going, yeah. I, I can only kick ass on one side. But it was that, like, as I was I was studying, um, studying basically, there was a couple of books on psychology that I'd got out. And I looked at Inception and I repeated viewing as well. I'd watched it a couple of times. And I was like, right, wow, we're now down at the amygdala. Yeah. We're, yeah, we, yeah. Are the, we are now the, it's that, the, um... the most primal of instincts and just desires. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing, as they came back up, and the way they came up, it was just so good. Perfect. The sound design as well. So it was perfectly yeah. timed with not only just the score, but also the diegetic sound. Yeah. Um, which it, it grabbed you by the scruff of your neck, I thought. Well, the, yeah, the, yeah, the Edith Piaf, you know, you're never going to listen to that again in the same way. You got that and you just go, this is amazing. I thought Killian Murphy, I thought he was amazing in yep. it. Uh, but it was the whole... Every, everything, it, yeah, as I said, I, I can't say enough good stuff about it. Me and, it was Terry Barnett who said to me, you got to watch it. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's one of those, I, I'm, I, I literally, I just want a bit of a popcorner. And he was like, no, no, watch it, watch it. And it was like the, the interaction between Killian Murphy's, his, his, his character and his father and the whole breaking up or are we going to bring it together? And then, uh, yeah, Tom Hardy coming in mm. and playing these, Myriad of cat and it, like, what is this? What's this guy's role in it? And then you're like, he's a chameleon. And then you look at Tom Hardy and you go, but that's his career. That harder. Yeah. That's him. That's yeah. yeah. Was this written for him? It was just unbelievably good. You mentioned Nolan, right? Uh, and we might, yeah, I, we could talk about film all day long. Um, yeah. What was it? What's your views on? Well, apart from that, what's his best work? I love the the Knights trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy, I, and I liked all three of them. Yeah. Uh, I was actually having this discussion earlier on today. I really need to get a life, but <laughs> I think I still think that Batman Begins is my favourite. Not necessarily in terms of quality, yeah, but in terms of personal feeling. Because I remember it came out uh, when I was in my third year of university, um, and I hit university really driven. I was going to take over the fucking world. Then I discovered alcohol, uh, and three years later, I'm not quite as fit and healthy as I was. I, was, I, knew, I still knew I was going to be a soldier, et cetera, et cetera, but whatever. And then it spoke to you on that 
kiddie comic level. Yeah. Batman Begins because it was all about it was all about him defining himself and choosing how to define himself and um, and it was just really well done. And at the time, I loved the Casey, yes. uh, the Casey which came out. It was, because it was something that I hadn't seen before. Um, and I, my knowledge of martial arts was minimal as well, so I suddenly saw this incredibly visually arresting martial art on screen, which defined a character. And that's actually really important. Now that I'm the other side, I understand how important a character's fight but, style is yeah, to define but them. But it's very, it's very very funny you said that, because when Casey first when it first came out, and I looked at Casey and I was thinking, right, okay. And now this makes me sound like I overanalyze fucking everything. But I looked at it and I went, I've been collecting comics since I was nine years of age, you know. Like even like I still maintain that DC Comics got me out of one of my worst ever depressions as a kid mm-hmm. because you know uh, if you want to know the truth that's why I love DC Comics and I like Marvel but I, I've I've always maintained if you have got New York City or you got Metropolis I will always take Metropolis because if you're gonna fucking believe you believe the hundred percent you know don't go oh well they're superheroes in our world and I'm like my world's shit. Yeah, there's a New York, New York in my world. I don't like that. I want my own world, and Metropolis is in it. And I remember at the time that I used to always say, "Yeah, I could have been Batman." Yeah, I still say it in seminars now. I said, "Difference between me and Batman? Money, million dollars." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, there's a theory behind that that Batman and Iron Man actually they they purport the theory that money is the ultimate superpower. Right, because Oof, yeah. yeah, and trust me, I've read some serious books on comics, serious books on comics. But as I always said, the difference between me and Batman is Batman's done more sit-ups. But guess what? My mum and dad are still alive, so fuck you, Bruce. But uh, sorry, <laughs> he doesn't really exist anyway. But the Batman thing was really funny because I was looking at him again. If somebody has guarded with such a huge secret and so like unbelievably insecure as Bruce Wayne was going to learn a martial art, it would be something where you would need to constantly cover up to the point that it's like, like is he getting battered? And then it's like, oh no, and then he's offensive. And you're like, Mm. all right, okay. And again, the Dark Knight trilogy, I absolutely loved. But again, Batman, Batman Begins for me was great because it tied into a lot of the stuff that I'd already read in the comics. But more importantly than that, you saw Christian Bale. Christian Bale played an He's awesome amazing. Bruce Wayne. He's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. And he looked the part. He really, really looked the part. But what he what he did really well, I thought, was the switch. Um, so he... I, I love the way he played Bruce Wayne, but I loved the animal growl when he took on the Batman character. And he talked about himself. It's like, Batman is an animalistic character. When he puts on that mask, um, and it came across really well, I thought. Yeah, you know... With working in films now, with like, um, you know, we, we've talked about high concept movies that really are not just story driven, but emotion driven, right? And then, you know, and there's room for that. But nowadays they have to be fucking special. Yeah. Right. And what I've just seen, I've just seen Infinity War, right? And I, I, loved, I, I yeah, loved it as well. And it had everything. Yeah. But I tell you something. That Marvel, uh, like Favreau, Favreau got got he got the the ball rolling really well because Iron Man could have just been, just yeah, yeah, you know, just like a, some masturbatory thing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where you just look at it and go, oh yeah, great, it's awesome. But it you you started to buy into the Tony Stark thing. You started to buy into this guy is such a genius, but he's so flawed. And in the comics, you know, he was the first alcoholic. Tony Stark was the first. Believe it or not, I understood why my father drank. I, I could see all of that, and I'd already learned that from Tony Stark. 
Yeah, literally, it was like with my with my old boy. It was just like brutality. But then I looked at it and I was like, "Why is he like that?" And then I was like, reading Iron Man one day, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I get it. I understand. <laughs> I understand now why." And I was like, "You know, shit. Why could my dad at least be Iron Man? You know what I mean?" It was like it, it was crazy. But Marvel have managed to make their movies like I mean, really. Like when was it, what was the last Marvel movie you saw that was a stinker? You'll have to go to the so, Yeah. Oh, are we talking absolute stinker or my least favourite? No, yeah, because right, even in the MC, even in the recent MCU, I wouldn't yeah. count any of them as terrible. Really? You know, n- none of them as terrible. No, I'd count no, ones no, that I'd like less. Ones, yeah. So, for instance, my least favourite is Iron Man 2. Um, but I still wouldn't count it as a terrible film. I could still watch it. Yeah, well, th- well this is this is the thing, right? I I went through a period where I really enjoyed the Punisher comics. Really, mm. really enjoyed them. But then I was looking at them going, it's Batman with a gun. You know what I mean? It's the yeah. same thing. Uh, but I thought that that was really going to go, it was really going to translate well. And the thing is, Dolph Lundgren one was shit. Like, I mean, that's poor. And then the Thomas Jane one. That, oh, yeah, I don't watch it. it. I'm, I'm going to save you two, two hours of your life, right? But then the Ray Stevenson one, Warzone, yeah. stylistically is amazing. But there's just, there's no substance behind it. And then what Marvel did was once they got Iron Man and they started really getting that universe going, it's, yeah, well, Infinity War proved it. You walk in there and you're going, shit, nod, 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 yeah. nod, nod. And you go, how, how have they all tied that in? So where do you see where do you see the future of like the big films? Will it always, is it now always just going to be a comic book franchise? Or where, where can you see it? Difficult question. And to be perfectly honest, I'm not, I'm not experienced enough yet in the world to understand it. I also haven't really worked enough on stunts to understand where they'll go. But I think what the one thing that is constant is change in terms of what an audience wants and expects. So what appealed to an audience, you know, yesterday will soon become old hat. Um, And that's why we see more and more uh, elaborate sequences that's why we've seen an influx of martial arts into um, choreography. Uh, I think I don't. I think there's so much potential for Marvel in terms of what they've created. Uh, are we t- sorry? We're we talking just in terms of action. Are we talking no, in no, terms it, of film. It, it, we're talking. It, we can do but either because I na- I naturally go to no I no go, go to the go, action go stuff. Go to action. Um, that so. It's interesting because I think it goes in cycles, much like everything else. There was the cycle of uh, We Want Realism, which was kicked off by Jason Bourne. You saw how that affected the Bond cycle. Yeah. Um, and then when Kingsman came out, it was... so I, I can't remember who it was that said it, but it was, it was the most fun that Bond's been, Bond has been in a while. And yeah. I think that was the secret behind a lot of his success. Yeah. Was the over-the-top British gentleman who is unbelievably hard. Yeah. Um, uh, which carried on with the second. Do you know, do you know the original? Science. Do you know the original comic, Secret Service? Mark no, Miller. No, no, no. Yeah, there is, the, the comic's nothing like it. It's like Ant-Man's sitting in on us. We went to see another one of Mark Miller's years ago, which was which was Kick Ass. Kick Ass. Oh, amazing! Unbelievably good. But the comic on that, there's the ending's completely different. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah, like they, 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 they went into production on the film before the comic was finished. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah, because okay. a lot of the way it was produced was Kickstarters, and they released uh, they released six different covers of each episode, something like yeah. that. And people, and then the oh, he auctioned off the Dave Lewinsky, who's the main yeah. character, was just a fanboy who paid for his. He, he bid the highest. So it was just a fan, and it's a real person called Dave Lewinsky to be the name of the main That's character. That's amazing. Yeah. That is so yeah. cool. And yeah, that, well, here's you'll like the twist on it, right? So in the movie. Big Daddy's an ex-copper and yeah, he's driven by revenge and everything. And that's yeah, and he just basically stolen loads of money off drug dealers. That's what's yeah, because at the end of the day, war costs money. Yeah. So where's he got all this ordinance from? In the comic, guess what it is? It's a guy whose wife left him for his mate, but he was a comic book collector. So he's got loads of like, yeah, he's got two two issues of like Detectives 27, a couple of action number ones. So he's just got, and literally he sells off these comics yeah. to buy the guns. And he, and he has absolutely no skills in it, but his belief in the comic book is that much that he's actually become a badass. It's unbelievable. It's really good. That's pretty cool. Uh, the, the, but the, the Secret Service was... Uh, the the comics a little bit different, but again, it was front. It it, it changed. I won't ruin it because if the guys want to go and get it on a graphic novel, it's very very good. But it was like you said, uh, Kingsman especially was so over the top, yeah. And the violence was so. It wasn't even gratuitous because it was so cartoony. Yeah, it, yeah. but it was so unbelievably done. But so, I loved it. Do you know what I? Because I obviously I I was really lucky. I got to see the second one. Um, film uh, the I got to see one of the scenes in the second one film because I was a part of it uh, and just seeing how they put it together and for me the magic is in also in the making as, as well as the seeing and I loved the fact that there was a character who was spinning six shooters and killing four guys around him and had an electrified whip or no it was, a, it was an electrified lasso yeah, yeah. a whip and it, Jack actually, Daniels they, yeah, yeah whiskey they, but they brought in a specialist for that oh we got to chat to the specialist he's just he's, he's a guy who does um, his own kind of rodeo shows and, and that's his specialism wow. and watching yeah watching him work and I love seeing people who are skilled at something they've chosen to do and something they love and he's talking about it and just chatting away and doing his lasso stuff and doing his gun spinning and even though that's nothing I'd ever been interested in before I thought that's fucking cool yeah that, that that's really cool it, it really is it's um yeah we're just gonna we got uh, while I've got yeah you know might as well do it because like, this I'm so indulgent on this uh, have you seen Ac Accident Man? Scott Adkins. I really want to see it, but um, I think it's only just been released in... Only on just, yeah, is it, you'll get it online. you get it online. Uh, guys listening in, you got to check it out. It's unbelievable. Again, another comic from the 90s. Okay. It was part of an anthology comic called Toxic. And it's got an incredible cast. Oh, uh, unbelievable. Ray Park's in it. Yep. Michael Jai White is in it. Ray, Ray Stevenson is in it. Yep. Scott Adkins is in it. And I'll tell you something... It's it's like um yeah it was choreographed by a gentleman called Tim Mann as well yeah who's it, phenomenal yeah have you worked with him no 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 I just so other people geek out over leading actors celebrities Kardashians whoever the fuck they're interested in I geek out over stunt people really? so my Instagram feed is basically loads of people that I aspire to be and Tim Mann is is you know he's a, he's an amazing kicker so uh, so, so who, who like movies that you've worked on right so Road One, Rogue One and Kick-Ass 2 is I've got good, to say right? this just as an extra though it's doesn't the 60 matter. days that it's actually, yeah. doesn't matter yeah. you were on set no you know, you're right you got to remember part you, of the magic you, you were on Rogue One and so was Prince Harry and Prince William so come on <laughs> you, you know, Jesus you know? and that's the only reason that Meg, Meghan Markle is hooked up with Harry because he was a stormtrooper I'm just, I'm just thinking you're letting the side down a bit here Mick because Why? like 
here he is being an extra in an amazing movie well I'm going to give the link I know what Ant's going to okay. say so we're going to yeah, do yeah, yeah, but... uh, Ant McGinley was the only ginger bald Nazi in Band yeah. of Brothers alright yeah. we? yeah and, uh, and also that was, that was the same uh, TV series where a certain chap we mentioned earlier Tom Hardy made his screen debut yeah. but the thing yes. is what happened to him and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so Mick, what, what, what's next for you? You have to complete the trilogy. Now. Oh, it's easy. Uh, well, Vic, Vic, Mark, and Zara said that they were going to get. They're going to get me in something. Uh, I'm a good character <laughs> actor. Prison. <laughs> oh no, last time I was in prison, it wasn't great. Yeah, I'm not. But I'm not going to lie, Mick. Huh? I'm not going to lie. Your your features only leave you a certain type of role well, yeah, is it alright for me to say that yeah you go for it go for it what I, I'm, I've got I'm unconventionally handsome as, I, <laughs> as, I've, as I've said before you'll like this part as I've said before if Grant Mitchell and Bob Hoskins God rest his soul had a sex and had a baby and it came out at 49 years of age it's me but but far better looking. Yeah, yeah that, of course. That, yeah. that is a high concept film. That, 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 right, yeah, yeah. Grant Mitchell, Grant Mitchell and Bob Hoskins, yeah. Errol Shand. Yeah. It, so if you could work with anyone, who would it be? Uh, or I, is that I a very limited? No, so absolutely. Um, obviously any of the, uh, to learn from 8711 would be phenomenal. But if I'm perfectly honest, there are so many incredible stunt coordinators and performers in the UK. I don't know if you know this, but um, the UK is basically taking on all all the good films. Um, Disney films a lot of stuff here. Uh, there well, are. They, they just did like, the live action Aladdin. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, they did. I had a couple of friends on that. Right. Oh, do you know what? I, I've got. I, I've got to put something out here. You know, when you're talking about and uh, like the 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 best job in the world. So it's it's unbelievable. I give you an idea, right? On Facebook, every now and again, you'll see this thing come up where I always put, I live vicariously through you. And it's for a guy called Simon Hayes who won. You know Simon, right? So Simon Simon won the, he won the Oscar for Sound Mixing on Les Mis. His dad actually worked on Kingsman. His dad was the Sound Mixer on Kingsman 1, yeah. And he was just on Aladdin with Guy Ritchie. And part of the gig was 7 till 9, I think, every morning. Guy Ritchie got a full gym put on set. And every morning, Guy Ritchie, Simon, and Ivan the Terrible were there rolling, doing jujitsu, working out. And there's me going to a building site. I, I was raging because, I, I, again, you know, he talked about the Instagram feed. Yeah, Simon Hayes, his Instagram comes up. And li literally, I'm now to the point where it's like, I roll vicariously through you. Yeah, I pet my dog vicariously through you. The guy's got a dream life. He's a guy I really want to get. But who, who? Yes. Okay. Actually, there is one. Buster Reeves. So Buster. Buster Reeves. Buster yeah. Buster broke my nose years ago. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Buster's a bad man. So Buster Reeves was the first stuntman I knew by name because of the Nolan trilogy. Right. Because he was on the um, he was on the extras, uh, and that's the first time I heard of him. And actually, um, back when I didn't have recourse to, to any training, I got a DVD called Muay Thai Training with the Greats. Um, uh, and you know, it was basically the training methods of Muay Thai practitioners in uh, in the UK, and he was on it. But do you know? Do you know what Buster used to be? You know that like this. This is going to tie it up really nicely, right? So you're an army officer, right? Mm. So an army officer who wants to be a stuntman—that's a bit of a stretch, my friend. Massive. Ma yeah. You would not massive. believe how much flack I'm getting. I mean, that's that's why I keep it on Facebook. That's why I kept this podcast until yeah, now. Till now. Yeah. Right. 
But guess what? Do you know what Buster is? Do you, do you, when I first met Buster, do you know what Buster was? No. He was a road worker. He was a tarmacker. And literally, when people turned around and said to him, like, yeah, he was a, he was a good martial artist. And yeah, he was like, like kickboxing champion. Yeah, well, well, world combat jiu-jitsu champion. He was doing MMA back when that was, it wasn't working out. A mutual friend of ours, he was just with, we're with him today, Phil Norman, right? Okay. Phil, Phil Norman was on Gladiators. Mm -hmm. Buster Reeves yes, he was, was on long Gladiators. Hair. Yes. Yeah. And do you remember Eunice Hutthart? You must remember Eunice. She's, one, the, yeah. she's one of the top female stunt, stunt women now in the UK. And it, again, they just... I remember when they first started going for it, and I remember all the naysayers mm. like, "Who are you?" And literally, and I, they went through a particularly difficult time. So yeah. the the stunt register has opened up, and more people are aware of it now. But to me, that generation was the generation that was so passionate about it that they they researched it, and all they'd have had was some recourse to maybe a book in a library that was the the literally the stunt register book, which with the rules on it. Obviously, I've got the internet. Yeah, it, it was easier for me to find out. Um, and they would, you know, it wasn't uncommon at times like that uh, for people to train for six, seven years to fund their training yeah. um, to, to manage to do it. It's crazy, it's crazy. It's, and this is going to be the last question because we're going to go and grab a bite to eat. But of all the greatest stunts in the world, so... Oh, God. Uh, oh God. Like, I feel myself coming out and you're, you're, coming out you're, of you're gonna You're going to like this, right? So... The fugitive, Tommy Lee Jones is chasing you down. You jump out of that tunnel and you do the, whoa, that's much higher than the top board in Coventry Bass. That's a good stunt. What's the best stunt or the, the one stunt that you look at and you go, I would love to do that and it's going to be double-edged. What's the one stunt you looked at and goes, there's not enough fucking money in the world for me to do that. There is no chance I'm answering that second question. I'll write myself no. out of work. No, no, no. Um, so... Uh, there are a couple that stick in my mind. One, one again is Buster, where he was on fire and did a high fall out of a window as Batman in the yeah. first one. Fighting any any form of fighting on screen that I see and love, I would love to do. And there's one that I saw in Wonder Woman, uh, which was, uh, she's a UK stunt woman called Tilly Powell, uh, where she did a fucking backflip off a horse and fired an arrow whilst upside down. It's it's near the beginning. Wow. And I'd just taken up horseback archery. I was like, I, just, I want to fucking do that. That looks so cool. Um, honestly, anything involving height gets the butterflies going. But I think that, I think that's the same for everyone else. We just don't talk about it because we don't look like pussies. Um, but I spanked in when I was doing high diving. It's the one time, it's the one time my amazing wife has asked me not to do something. So, sorry, going off a bit of a tangent. Basically, I, I, I went out to... Um, to Afghanistan, I had a, a reasonably easy tour. I came back. I really wanted to go out again to to prove my worth as a soldier, as it were. And she supported me. She said, "Like I understand. That's you. That's what you need to do. You go out and do it. That's fine." When I uh, said I wanted to be a stuntman, she just went, "All right, fine. That's fine." Good girl. But I did high diving, and on my third session, I spanked in from the seven and a half meter board, um, bruised my kidneys. I was pissing blood for two days. And I came back, and bless her, she just went, "Please." choose another discipline and at that point I went you know what you've supported me through everything I think it's only fair that I don't that I take you up on that and, and find something else um, so anything involving height will probably get the butterflies going but obviously I'll, I'll, I will probably do it Mark thanks a lot brother thank you very much for having me no worries bye bye good 
YouTube channel is uh, Storyboard Action Concepts, and all that is at the moment is a collection of the stuff I'm using to practice uh, for when I get on the British Stunt Register. So the latest short film we've done is something called Collector, uh, which we're particularly proud of. Uh, if anyone wants to see that, please feel free. Mr. Liam Neeson. I don't know who you are. That's all right. My name's Ant, and I bet you can't guess what I want. And if you can't guess, you've got to tell me what you have. I don't know what you want, but what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Oh, so do I. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Yes, me too. You see, I make podcasts like this one you're listening to right now. And that's why I'm calling. So say, if you ever fancied making one yourself, Mr. Neeson, you could find me on Instagram, at Ant McGinley. I will look for you. Oh, good. I will find you. Well, if not, don't worry. You can always try Twitter. I'm there, at Antman Loves You. And I will kill you. Right. Is, uh, is now not a good time? Sh- shall I just call back later? Oh, I, th- I think he's gone. I'll put that one down as a maybe. <laughs>